0: We are downtown, we are historic, we are family, we are scriptural, we are First Baptist Church. If you would, find Romans 8, 5 through 11. It is in your bulletin if you've been able to uh, download one online if you're in the room. And we're, we're going to read that aloud together. So if you would, let us stand, and we'll read. This, then, is the text for today. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace because the mindset on the flesh is hostile toward God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it's not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. If Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the Spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. May God bless the reading of his word. Physical exhaustion is easy to diagnose. If you've been walking around all day, your legs start to hurt. Or if you go run around the block, you will come into the house and collapse on the carpet. You're tired and you stop. Mental exhaustion is harder for us. We find it hard to believe that taking a test or deciding between desserts expends any energy at all. But it does. Your mind gets tired of all the decision-making. That's why Steve Jobs wore the same black turtleneck and jeans and shoes every day. He didn't want to wear his brain out on minor decisions like clothes. In fact, if you look online, there are all kinds of remedies for your mental exhaustion. Wearing the same clothes every day is one of them. But there are plenty of others, like stop procrastinating. Apparently procrastinating extends more energy than actually doing what you should be doing, or so they say. Exercise, sleep, journaling, those sorts of things. A number of places include some sort of meditation and yoga, those kinds of things. That's where the world goes, heal the mind, to find refreshment in that mental exhaustion. But those kinds of things are like putting a Band-Aid on a shark bite. They're never going to heal your mind of the travesties the flesh has wrought. There are much deeper mental wounds than the stress of the SATs. Now, a test is stressful and mentally draining, but we have much deeper wounds. In fact, from day one, your flesh has been wreaking havoc, dragging you towards death and its hostility to God. And for many people, the mind becomes a depository of sin and brokenness, that the mind is cluttered with the brokenness that we have known and felt through all of our lives. And that in turn can torment us. But it doesn't have to be this way. We don't have to live in mental exhaustion. We we don't have to live with our thoughts tormenting us day and night. And this, this is where the Holy Spirit helps us here. At First Baptist of San Antonio right now, we're in the the middle of a study of the Holy Spirit and working through the, the things that we hope for and the things that we can expect in the Holy Spirit. And one of the things that we can expect and hope for in the Holy Spirit is that the Spirit of God will refresh and renew our minds, that the Spirit of God will step in and heal like nothing on this earth can heal. In fact, if you'll look with me at Romans chapter 8, verse 6, this helps us. See where we're headed. The mind set on the flesh is death. And and even all the things where the the flesh hopes to be helpful, all of that is still leading unto death. But the second part of this verse is helpful for us here. But the mind set on the Spirit, the mind oriented towards the things of God, the, the mind that savors the ways of Christ, for the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. The Spirit of God is doing a miraculous work in the minds of believers this morning. In fact, it it even starts in simply helping us shape our schedule for the day. All of those things that drain us of mental energy and and tear us apart from the things that matter, even things like clothes, the the Spirit is there to help and to refresh, the Spirit giving us a, a a whole mental energy that covers it all. From from the simple things like your schedule and what's going to happen at 1 o'clock today and 2 o'clock today and 6 o'clock this evening. The Spirit is there shaping those kinds of things and even moving beyond that, the Spirit of God works to dissolve the anguish of the mind. So many of us are tormented by guilt from the darkest sins of our past from those unthinkable actions that haunt you, the Spirit comes and the Spirit of God heals. You see, the Spirit comes into our minds to give us a sort of reboot, to set us back and get us to where we need to be. The Spirit is at work in this. When you come to Christ, the Holy Spirit begins this painstaking work to reorient your mind toward God. It's almost like this. One of the analogies that, that many comment, uh, commentators and Bible uh, scholars use at this point is the analogy of a compass and setting the bearing of a compass that, that in our flesh our, our mind gets oriented away from God and towards the flesh, towards the, the things of this world, to, towards quenching temporary appetites. And so that, what the Spirit does, it comes and and takes that compass and begins to change it and reorient it so that we're pointing towards God and we're walking with God and for God. You see, there's this new bearing that we have where we're no longer governed by those unquenchable appetites. The the, the Spirit turns that bearing of your mind 180 degrees towards the holiness of God. The the Spirit is at work in, in the believers in Jesus Christ this morning doing this very thing. And your attitude begins to change. You begin to think about things that matter. You begin to think about truth You begin to think about honorable things. You begin to think about things that are right and pure and lovely and just and holy. When the Holy Spirit begins to shape our minds, it helps us consider things of this life differently. We begin to see the world as God sees the world. We begin to see the world for the the hope that is to come and for the life that we can find in God. See, you think on another level when you are in Jesus Christ. And for some of us, even even for believers, for some believers, this is terrifying. Because there's, there's things that we want to hold on to. There's things in the shadows of our minds that we like there that we're comfortable with and and we feel like that if they're they're taken away that that a part of us is lost as well. But let me promise you this, God has a hope for your life and for, for who you are and saving you and healing you and so that you become that which God created you to be. The Holy Spirit helps us here. You know, let me assure you that in Christ, sweeping changes come to our mind. And in this is where we find life and peace. You see, with all the things that are happening uh, around us right now, life seems so disorderly, so chaotic. It seems like we, we don't even know where to turn for the truth. We don't know where we're going to be able to find right answers about what's, what's next. And this, this causes the, the stable structure of our mind just to disintegrate. And, and what you're seeing is that, that the, the structures of this world and all the ways the world tells us that we've got this, when something like a pandemic comes, those quickly just dissolve. And we're, we're left with nothing. But God is saying in his spirit, the spirit begins the the difficult work of of establishing in us life and peace and real life that can withstand the storms, real life that can withstand the pandemic, real life that, that is hopeful and new and will bring you a peace that you have never known before. Why in the world would you want to keep your old ways of thinking? They're hostile towards God. Your old ways of thinking are going to drain the life right out of you until the Spirit governs your mind. You know, I know that, that all of this is a bit confusing, especially when we, we talk about what's going on in our minds and, and what we're thinking about at this very moment and how, how God might govern what we're thinking about right now. Because it, it, in a lot of ways, it's, it's almost like this. It's like when someone tells you to don't think about a clown's bulbous red nose. When somebody tells you don't think about the clown's red nose, you can't help but to picture the squishy red ball on the end of a clown's face. And so maybe it's important for us to talk through what what God isn't saying here. See, and and a lot of times we think, oh, I, I shouldn't be thinking about this thing or that thing or this thing or what's over there. And all of that just floods back into our mind again. And so we feel this just unbearable burden of changing what I'm thinking about today and what I'm going to think about tomorrow. This is the work of God. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. You're not alone in this. You, you don't have to garner up your own strength to, to make this so. What God's saying is when you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes upon you and and begins to shape your heart and your mind in new ways and, and takes you to places you never imagined before. You know, you could read this passage and say, well, God's telling me not to think about bad things. Or, or God's telling me not to think about wearing a clown's nose as a disguise to rob a bank. And that if I think about wearing a clown's nose to rob a bank, God's going to, to lock me up for this imaginary bank robbery. robbery. That's not where this passage is leading us. In fact, this passage is leading us in the hope of a future where where the Spirit has settled in our minds and causing new things to come up within us. Maybe we can think of it this way, that that you don't need to to worry about what you're going to think about later. Let the the Spirit handle that. Maybe it's important for us this morning just kind of to look back look back on this morning and and the things that have crossed our mind this morning. What were those things that that clearly weren't of the Spirit? As you were getting ready and becoming a part of this Sunday morning, what were the things that that flashed in your mind that, that came across your heart that weren't of the Spirit? Every thought that had the stench of the flesh ask God to forgive you and pull it out by the root. Because you're not able to renew your mind on your own. You're not able to just force the thoughts out. But when we fall on our knees before God in repentance, God heals and refreshes us. So if we will come together and say, Lord, forgive me, God will heal and God will bring to mind the good and holy and righteous and profitable, honorable things that help us move forward in holiness. And see, that's, that's the good news for us this morning. And, and it, gets even, it gets even better than that. God, God doesn't just stop at, at renewing the mind. But, but God causes that mind to redirect our actions And it turns our lives into worship and it turns our lives into service where we we do good and bring good to the face of this earth. that that God will renew your mind and give you a new existence far beyond your daydreams. God will reshape you and this whole reshaping of your life must start in your mind. That's where Paul's taking us here this morning in Romans is that that once God gets a hold of our mind, there's no telling what we're capable of in the spirit. When, When God shapes our mind in new ways, God brings a joy to life that is unavailable anywhere else. That's a promise of the work of his spirit. In fact, you can look down with me at Romans 8, verse 11. It's our last verse for today. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead. So this, this same God that was the authority and the power power behind the life, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the God that, that called Jesus out of the tomb and gave him the strength to overcome death, that same God is with you and for you and behind you and reshaping your mind and giving you new life. That's where this goes. So he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life, not only to your mind, to your mind, but also to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And this It's pointing to eternity, but it's a life and a reality that is present for today. God God is bringing life unto you today, pulling you out of a pandemic and bringing you to a wholeness that only God can do when we surrender unto him. God restores the mind. God restores your attitude. God restores the body itself. God redeems your past, present, and your future. God's at work in all of that this moment. If you'll bring yesterday's faults and lay them at the cross of Christ, God will take care of tomorrow. If if you'll walk with the Spirit right now, God will take care of your next steps. You you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about what you're going to think about this evening or tomorrow. You don't have to worry about what you're going to do. Spirit is with you and for you. This is all you need to know. In fact, as as we come towards the supper, what we need to know about this life is that life on the face of this earth has always revolved around the cross of Christ. And, And life on this earth... All that we do say and think, all of it will always revolve around the cross of Jesus Christ. And what we need to recognize together, that the closer our thoughts come into the Christ and the the closer our life comes into the cross of Christ, that's where we find life and peace. And the closer we are to that cross of Christ, the more life and peace that we find. And so what we also see is that the further we move away from the cross of Christ, the more chaotic it all gets. And in fact, what we recognize is when life gets at its most chaotic, usually, most often, that means we are so distant from Christ we can't even know that peace anymore. And so let, let's, let's be resolved in the spirit to come in and focus in on the cross of Christ and be renewed in him and renewed in his spirit so that we can walk in new life and in peace even in the worst of days on the face of this earth. You know, that's, that's what the supper is doing. As we take the supper together... Christ is calling us back into that focus on what he did for us at the cross. Right, so, so at the cross, Jesus was reminding us, your thoughts are broken, your heart is broken, life is broken, this world is broken, but the blood of Jesus Christ heals it completely. And so this is is what you need to remember. In fact, it's what Jesus Christ was telling us. In all of his ministry, in all of the miraculous things that he did, before he walked to his death, he said, what you need to remember of me and my life is the crucifixion. That the body and the blood were broken for you so we're going to take a moment now to pray. And we're going to pray, ask God to, to heal our hearts and prepare us for the supper. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this gift of the Son. This world was completely broken, and you sent Jesus Christ to heal it. That people tried for centuries to fix it. People have been trying ever since to cover life in band-aids. But you came. You said, I have come to heal, to redeem, to make this right. And so, our Lord, we cling to that promise, and we obediently remember you as you called us to in this supper. It's in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.